Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're starting a new series, and it's going to be one that I'm not entirely sure how long it's going to be yet. We're going to be kind of spirit led with that, but it's a series on the love languages of God. Now, the idea of love languages is not anything new. In fact, it's a book that was written a while ago that has been translated into, I think, over 50 languages. And so maybe you are already familiar with the love languages when it comes to your relationships, your human relationships. But it's harder to think about what that means in terms of our relationship with God. So what we're going to do in this series is look at those various love languages and get an idea of what those love languages look like when it comes to our relationship with God. What do the love languages of God look like? The reason why I decided to do a series on this is because it's a common question that I get from a lot of people. This question of whether or not God really loves them because they don't necessarily feel loved. So I think that's my question for you. Do you believe that God loves you? And I don't mean that in the general sense, because we know that God is love. But do you believe that he genuinely loves you? I think some of us have a harder time believing that than others, because some of us feel loved by God and we don't doubt it at all. But then others of us doubt that God is even there. Or worse, sometimes we fear that he hates us. I think sometimes as believers... We have these moments where we waffle back and forth even between both extremes. Sometimes we feel loved by God and other times we feel really distant from God. Or maybe we fall somewhere in between where we do feel it, but we're not quite confident of it. I want us to remember that there are two aspects to feeling loved. There is the one that is doing the loving and then there's the one that is being loved. So in my relationship with my children, I am the one that is loving them and they are the ones that are feeling loved. So the question is, if that is the case and God is love, why don't we all feel his love all of the time? Well, it's a great question. And I think the answer is really found in this idea of the love languages. See, each of us gives and receives love differently. And many of us are very familiar with that concept. But if you think about how the love languages relate to your relationship with God, this will really help you determine how you feel about your relationship with God. So if you're not familiar... I want to just do a brief refresher for you. 
Because many of us tend to have a primary love language. That means we have a general way where we give and we receive love. So it makes sense that when we experience God's love in that particular way, we're going to feel more loved. But the opposite is true. If we're not experiencing God's love in that particular way, we may not feel loved. Now we have to remember that scripture talks about and identifies God as love. So there is some level where we have to recognize that it's what we know and what we know is that God is love, what we know is true, but sometimes we don't feel that. So we always want to operate from this baseline of this understanding and this trust that God loves us. But what we're going to do in this series is learn how to tap into those identifying love languages from God so that we feel God's love. At least we feel it more frequently. But I also think it's important to remember that God is our creator. He is the one who made us. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. He knows your will. He knows your emotions. And that also means that he knows your love language. It also means he speaks your love language. One of our goals as believers is to know God and to make him known. Another aspect of that goal is also to know God's love and to make God's love known. So this is a really important part of the Christian life. So this series will be a way to help you learn how to understand and receive God's love and to hear his voice more clearly in your life. That's the whole goal of this podcast. So here's an overview in case this is new. And for some of you, this is going to be a review if it's not. And that's okay. I think a refresher course is always helpful when we're starting something new. But there are essentially five love languages. And each person has a primary language that they speak, meaning the kind of communication style that they give and they receive, it's more natural to them. And It's not that they don't speak the other four, it's just they settle into the routine of this pattern of communication style. So when someone speaks that language to them, they're speaking the same language, they're naturally drawn to that person because at a basic level, at a fundamental level, they're getting their needs met, that need to feel loved. The opposite is also true. If someone does not speak your primary love language, deep down, you will always be left wondering if that person really loves you or not, because there won't be that strong emotional connection. Now, my husband has a theory. He theorizes that in the beginning stages of a relationship, think marriage relationship or even boyfriend-girlfriend relationship or even a child relationship, he thinks as we're falling in love or the beginning of the relationship, you speak all five. And I'm not sure of the psychology of that or the data around that. It would be interesting to study that. Maybe we could do a poll or something. But at the beginning, in that beginning stage, think back to the beginning stage of when you were first falling in love, you get that giddy feeling where you can't eat, you can't sleep. All you do is think about that person and it's easy to fall in love when they're speaking all five. But then as things settle, as you settle into that relationship, you have a tendency to speak your primary love language. I don't know if that's true or not, but what I do know is that many problems in our human relationships are because two people are speaking different different love languages. In general, 
think about what that means even when you're speaking a different actual language. You know, I've worked across the globe in many different locations. In many places, they don't speak the same language as me. And I started off trying to learn parts of their language, but because I work in lots of different cultures, it just got to be too much. I would have to learn like six different languages and then there are sub-dialects and it was just too much. But one of the places that I work in regularly is in the Caribbean. And one of our locations in the Caribbean, they speak Spanish and I do not speak Spanish. And even the Spanish words that I do know, it was difficult because in that particular region, they spoke with almost like a slur to their words and they spoke really, really fast. So even if I knew the word that I thought that they were speaking, the way that their dialect was and their accent was, I couldn't pick it up. It was a little bit difficult. And so what I learned is that there was a difference between translation and interpretation. And what I mean by that is I was doing a particular training and, you know, of course I live in the States. Most of the time I'm in the States and they're there in their country and we would communicate through FaceTime or Zoom or email or WhatsApp. And I would, my, my role was to provide and help and train on curriculum, Christian curriculum for children. And so I would produce a certain concept or introduce a concept and I would think that they would get it because I would translate it or I would have the translator translate it and I would think that they would get it. And then when I actually went into the country and we sat down and we had a discussion about this particular concept, I realized that their understanding of that concept and my understanding of that concept were two completely different things. And so thankfully, I had somebody that wasn't just translating, they were interpreting. See, with Google, it would translate the words. But with the interpreter who understood and lived in and spoke both languages, she lived in both countries for a time, she spoke both languages, she could understand what I was trying to say, and she could understand how to explain that to them in a way that they could understand, concept by concept. And so that would be an interpretation. That's a lot different than the words being translated by Google or a translator. And so I think about that because sometimes we may even think think we're saying the right thing, but because we don't necessarily speak that same language, the communication signals get crossed. And so what the goal of this series is to help you understand with this goal of interpretation. We're not going to just translate, but we're going to interpret. And so I think it's helpful to identify and go through what these actual love languages are, because even if it's not your primary love language, chances are somebody in your life also speaks this kind of love language that's different from you. And not only is the goal for you to hear and understand God's voice and feel loved by him, but the goal is also to help others feel and understand and feel loved by him. And so if you can have understanding of the way God speaks the different love languages, you can help that person. Maybe it's a child or a friend or a spouse that's struggling to feel loved by God. If you have an understanding of how God speaks that particular love language, you can help them and help them understand not just how God loves them and cares for them, 
but how they can also express love to God. So real quickly, we're going to go through them. The first is, and these are in no particular order, the first is called words of affirmation. Now, these are words that affirm someone. So affirmations, what are those? Affirmations are things where you're talking about behavior or appearance or personality. So that might be saying things like, wow, you look really beautiful today, or wow, you look really handsome in that shirt today, or whatever that is. Or maybe it's their behavior. You know what? When you do this, this really blesses me, or I love the way you do this. It's compliments. It's appreciation. It's acknowledgement. It's admiration. It's thanking. And this can be done in a variety of ways. Maybe it's a spoken word. Maybe it is a handwritten note or letter. Maybe it's a text message. There's a variety of ways that you can do words of affirmation. And these are the people that are always thanking you or always telling you how beautiful you look or, you know, it's very, very natural. It comes natural to them. I will be honest, this is not my strongest section. And you would think that because I'm a podcaster and I speak for a living, I'm a speaker, that would be a natural way I would communicate, but it's not. I have to be really intentional. One of my children is a words of affirmation person and my husband is a words of affirmation person. And so I have to be really intentional about making sure that I speak words of life and love over them. The second love language we're talking about is gifts. And this is an easy one to recognize because this is a universal sign of love. We just celebrated Christmas. We're going to be celebrating Valentine's Day. It is a universal sign of love to give someone a gift. But for some people, it's much, much more. Nothing makes them feel more loved than getting a gift. Or they express their love by giving a gift. I have one child who would always, and maybe you experience this too, she would always bring me a flower or she would draw something for me or she would find something and bring it to me. And you know, this doesn't have to be expensive. This could be a stone from a place around the world. I, I have friends that travel and they want one set of friends, they went to Israel and I wasn't able to go and I said, can you just bring me back a rock from Israel? So I have stones from various places or I, I brought uh, one stone back from each of the locations I worked in across the globe. So I remember to pray for them. It doesn't have to be expensive. It's just this intentional gift that was given for a particular person. And again, those people light up when they get gifts themselves. The third love language is quality time. This is mine. It is basically undivided attention, what I would say is it's face-to-face conversation. Maybe it's doing an activity together or taking a walk together or going out to eat together, but it's that face-to-face undivided attention where it's not necessarily about the activity that you're doing, but it's the time that you spend together. It's giving somebody your undivided attention and getting undivided attention. So for me, what that looks like a lot of times after school, the kids and I will walk to the end of our road and back. There's no cell phones allowed. We talk, we face to face, you know, sometimes they want to be quiet. Sometimes they want to just think and that's okay too. But it's this undivided attention. It's carving out time for the other person. And it doesn't have to be a ton. You know, it's not like we sit down for two hours face to face. It might be 10 or 15 minutes, but it's the intention behind that time spent together. The next one is physical touch, and that is touching someone with affection. And I don't mean sexual touch, I mean physical affectionate touch. So this might be kisses and hugs. This might be a touch on the shoulder. This might be a playful slap or a back rub or a high five or like with my kids, it's a fist bump. 
It's the person that's always reaching out to put a hand on you when you're saying something and they're in a conversation. That's how you can typically pick up on that. The next one is acts of service. Actions speak louder than words. That is especially true for those that speak the love language of acts of service. This is the person that's always doing something for someone else. Maybe it's cooking a meal or paying a bill or running an errand or washing a car. It's helping someone maybe with a task. This person is always looking for ways to help or something that they can do. They might not say, I love you. They may not spend a lot of time with you. They may not give gifts, but they're always helping you. Now, the thing about a love language is that if you could imagine how your gas tank operates in your car, we have a love tank. And that tank, just like your gas tank, it needs filled up and replenished on a regular basis. And so the way that we make those around us, our important relationships feel loved is by speaking their language. And we need to determine not just our own love language, but those around us, what their love language is and speak it to them often. Now, circling back around, does God speak in a love language? Well, the great news is that he speaks all five. So for today, I want you to think about what your love language is. What do you think your love language is? Now, this series is loosely based off of the work of Dr. Gary Chapman. And so if you are not familiar, if you've never done this before, then you can go to his website and actually take a quiz to determine what your love language is. But I think before you go forward and listen to any more episodes, it would be important for you to determine what your love language is, because that's going to help you understand how you give and receive love from God himself. And so I pray that you would be encouraged that you would join me on this next series, because I think it's really important for understanding not just how to hear God's voice more clearly, his voice of love to us, but how to help others hear his voice more clearly. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for the opportunity to lean into this idea of the love languages of God. I thank you that you are a God that speaks love because you are love. Lord, I pray for that person right now that may just not be feeling loved by you. God, I pray that even right now, through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would overwhelm them with feelings of love. God, we know that we do have to lean into what your word says. And what we know your word says is that you are love and you love us. But if we're honest, God, sometimes we don't feel that love. So Lord, I pray that through this series, it would be an opportunity for people to learn more about themselves and learn more about their relationship with you so that they could walk away feeling greater love from you. And that out of that overflow, it would spill out onto their relationships and to their daily lives. God, I thank you that you are a God that loves us and longs to be in relationship with us. God, we thank you for the kind of relationship that does not just stay inside the pages of the Bible, but that comes into our hearts and our minds and our spirits and makes us alive. We thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Real quick, guys, before we go, I just want to remind you of a way that we are communicating love across the globe, and that's with our partnership with Compassion International. If you haven't heard, we decided to partner with Compassion at the end of 2023 because it's an organization I really, really believe in. As 
someone that's called to evangelism and discipleship. I wanted to partner with a global missions organization that wasn't just reaching kids with food or education, but really with the heart and the hope of the gospel. And so the tithe of the show is now going to Compassion. We've been able to give towards various projects, including Bibles and um, different things in different communities, but also you can partner with a show through sponsorship. Now, if you're not familiar, sponsorship is where you pay a donation every month and that goes towards the holistic care of a child in need across the globe. You can pick the location, you can pick the birth date, you can pick the gender. Specifically, what we've done, if you go to compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus, what we've done is we have selected children that are particularly vulnerable to exploitation. If you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know that one of the things that I'm really passionate about is helping get girls and women out of sex trafficking. And I've been involved in that work for quite a long time. But this is a way to identify children that are particularly vulnerable, either because of their circumstances or their location. And so the first hundred children you'll see on there are children with that designation. But beyond that, the partnership includes this letter writing aspect. And if you haven't listened to our two, so far, I think we have two different interviews from alumni from Compassion. One of the things that you will hear is how much an impact their sponsor made on their lives. The first story is from Jay and Jay talks about how the first time he ever heard the words, I love you. It was from his sponsor. And then we also had an interview with Kiwi. And Kiwi talks about how the first time she ever heard that she was beautiful was from her sponsor. And one of the things that's so striking to me is from everybody that I've talked to that's an alumni, somebody that has grown up through the Compassion Program, is they hold on to that sponsorship relationship in a way that you can't even imagine the impact that it makes. And so you have the opportunity to write your child letters. You may even have the opportunity to go and meet that child as you invest in that child. It's not just finances. And of course, the finances go to things like they get a, a Bible, they get spiritual care and discipleship through a local church, they get education, they get food, they get medical care. It's a holistic program. But also you have this opportunity to speak life into that child. And so if you're somebody that really has been listening to the podcast and understanding this great commission that I talk about where God calls us to go and to make disciples of all nations. If you are somebody that can't go, you might be somebody that could give. And I would just encourage you to prayerfully consider sponsoring a child. Our goal is to get 15 children sponsored per month. So I'm asking if you would join us in that goal. You can go to compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus to learn more. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.